Hello and welcome to Chatting, a podcast where people chat about how they learn and use English. My name is Sam, I'm a CELTA teacher and a performer and I have a particular interest in pronunciation and expression. In each episode, non-native and native speakers will chat about their experiences with English, share their advice and, at the end, I'll give some pronunciation tips for you to take away and practice. So, ready? Let's get chatting. This episode, I'm chatting with Anton. Anton is from Finland. He has lived in different places in Scandinavia and he works for a trade media company. We were online for our chat, which was mostly okay, but there were one or two spots where our sound went a little robotic. (sighs) Anyway... We chatted about growing up with two languages, living by the sea, abbreviations, and always counting numbers and spelling words in one language. But I started by asking Anton to tell me a little bit about himself. Alrighty, well, hello, I am Anton and I come from Helsinki. I have lived in in Scandinavia, Sweden especially, as a young child, but um, I have moved back and forth and I have been in Finland for half of my life so almost 15 years and so this is this is definitely home fantastic tell me about when you started learning english how old were you when you first started definitely since i was very little because i have english as a second mother tongue so since since i was very small uh-huh. uh, we spoke swedish and english at home so there was always those two how amazing that you started really from very young with two languages do you ever remember one language being stronger than the other at any point or were they always quite equal as you were growing up up till now i think that uh, even on my on a daily basis it varies who i speak the most in Ah. that language so when i speak for example today i have been speaking mainly swedish at work okay but when i get home i speak in english but yes i think that when i i think when i was younger watching for example films when they speak very quickly sometimes uh that's where i say i I can't understand or i don't feel (laughs) confident enough but then once i start watching more and more there's no problem did you ever feel that one language was easier than the other yes english of course oh really why of course why of course uh, I think that the, when I compare other languages to English, English is definitely uh, grammatically much simpler than other languages. So in that sense, it's very much, it was much easier. Do you remember English classes at school? If you already spoke English, did you find it very easy being in school or was it then very different because it was more mm, academic? I suppose maybe that's not the right word when you're little no actually yes it, it suits well uh, naturally when you are you know when you start learning a language so you probably start with greetings then you move on to you know a small conversation perhaps objects and so on but mm-hmm. when you already speak it you do move into more like a, academic i do remember uh, certain books where we were meant to uh, read a book so let's say not big book but let's say if a book has a uh, hundred pages but you have one week and at the end, I remember you will get points where you would do a test. So it will be 10 questions always, random okay. questions about the book. And it wasn't more about your grammar or anything like that, but whether you understood the concept of it. And right. it's one of those tricky ones that four questions, 
two of them are simply off, but two of them are very close. And that's why you have to main, mainly yeah. understand the concept of it. So. And how much English did you have at school? From when you are little, you start to have it usually a few times per week. Okay. But of course, those who uh, like, um, let's say you are a beginner. So of course, you start to learn phrases. Mm-hmm. You start to learn numbers and so on. Those who are able to speak, let's say on a fluent level, you move on to text, you move mm-hmm. on to more conversations. And it will be typically a few times a week. And what about going on then after school? Did you go to university? Yes, um, I actually did it in uh, the Orland Islands. Tell yes. me about the Orland Islands. It's, uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know what is it, but uh, I have always lived my entire life by the sea. Uh-huh. Always, I've I've always liked small islands, in you know, but not in the tropical way like most people <laughs> do. I'm more like cold places, and and that also it was the fact that uh, there are also many students who are doing their exchange semester for example or just okay. a curriculum so there's a lot of always english used and mm-hmm. there are many courses that are implemented in swedish however all the content is in english and in this case oh. uh, it's more a bit understanding the concept of it but also of course learning new words new terms that mm-hmm. you would not normally use on a daily basis absolutely what did you study uh, economics uh-huh. aha <laughs> the, the theory part so in that Oof. sense you have to do a lot of reading and sometimes it's not that easy when you think you got it it's not always that easy so no and also in a in a second language as well even though you're sort of bilingual i mean that must have been quite tricky it is uh, and in fact um, still oh, at work Currently, I work on a trade media company where sometimes you pick up, for example, media that focuses on something very specific that uh, I don't understand the words in many languages. So you right. do have to do more like a research, what do they mean uh-huh. and where does it apply? So there's a lot of always uh, many differences in that sense. Okay, interesting. So you live and work in Helsinki, but your work is... Is it predominantly in English or do you have many different languages in which you work? The itself, I would say, is in, in English, correct? Okay. However, the material is in different languages. But for example, if you are given a media that you'd like to contact or perhaps you need to do a bit more research into them, it varies. For example, if you can do Swedish, Finnish, Swedish and whatever mother tongue you have, so it's always an advantage. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to the you could say internal communication would be in English, yes. Okay. And do you find that if you have international people working at your company, that your internal English is very specific to your company or is it specific to your industry? Specific to the industry, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, you get used to as well. You know what you deal with, uh-huh. what, uh, and also the terms sometimes. I mean, in different companies, uh, I hear it all the time. In fact, uh, just sometimes, you know, when they do abbreviations, that what does that even mean? So <laughs> yeah. you get used to your own language, especially working language. Certainly. Yeah. Are there any good abbreviations that you have in your industry? No, I would say I actually, no, I could not say that, to be honest. And even, uh, I, I don't know, maybe this is just a personal thing, but, you know, when people say that, could you please do it right away and you know or sending me this i never ever ever say asap or uh, or best regards br ah, never see that's never, funny really. yeah. i think it's just uh, abbreviations to save time maybe written but 
But uh, no, I never ever do it. I've spoken, I don't know, maybe it's just me. And well, it would be strange if you said, you know, BR, and when you left oh. someone. <laughs> JK, yeah. but, but I do hear it a lot. I think I would say ASAP, but I don't know if I would, I wouldn't say BR. Mm. Do you yourself work in other languages other than English, Swedish, and Finnish? Well, French, Aha. but, but uh, mainly I would say in those, those, those three. Yes. I mean, it's enough, isn't it? <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like. I can't even cup up, but really? uh, you know, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it happens that you can't find the words. You know, sure. I don't know if if it happens. Sometimes you do have a specific word in one language, but you can't say it in the other one. And then later on, it comes. Do you find that sometimes that you find the word in one language quicker than another language? Yes. Or... For example, uh, when it comes to counting, I I always count in Swedish. Huh. That that is. Uh, I don't know over if you write a number or when you dial a number, it automatically goes into Swedish <laughs> always. Or also when you, uh, what's, how do you say when you say, my name is Anton, A-N-T-O-N. When you so, spell it. Spell it. Uh, I see, I have the Swedish word, Muxtebera. That as well, I cannot do it. I do it in Swedish. It just automatically goes in that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Swedish. Uh, are there very, very different sounds when it comes to the alphabet? Uh, not that many, but I would say the way the sound, uh, it, it is pronounced because it's all the way at the back of the throat. And of course, Swedish is very melodic languages. Yes. So it goes up and down. So the melody, I would say, is, is very different. But other than that, well, I guess like every language is, as you learn more, it gets harder. So as a linguist then, Anton, tell me, what do you like about English as a language? I would say the main and for mostly could be the fact that it's quite universal. You know, it's, it, it, it's used, it's pretty much everywhere. Not only they say it's the business language, but it's also um, wherever you go, it's most likely that someone will speak English at a good level rather than someone else's mother tongue. So maybe that's also convenient mm -hmm. that I do like. Of course, yeah. the simplicity, um, that, that's something that I, I think that when it comes to writing, that's, that's one of the things that I do sense a lot. It's much easier to write. And what about the opposite then? Is there anything about the English language that you think, oh, I never get that right, or I find this really difficult? No, mm, well, I'm sure there's many, but uh, <laughs> let's see. Maybe, I mean... Mm, there are many English-speaking countries. There's many, also many accents. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very difficult to to understand. A challenge, of course. I mean, the way, for example, you and I we speak now, we could mm -hmm. say, I mean, this is your accent, this is my accent. Mm -hmm. But I would say standard English, right? I think it's probably fair to say. But some of them can be very challenging to understand. So, what do you do then to maintain your English? Do you read a lot in English? Do you watch a lot of TV, listen to podcasts? What do you do? I read a lot, actually. Uh, sometimes at work, not much by choice, but by <laughs> <laughs> when you have to have an understanding of, for example, a magazine, what, like very specific, for example, some technical issues, you do have to read. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I do. Um, I like to read a lot about history. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I do, uh, actually. Um, um, particularly war history, World War One and World War Two. Great. So reading. So if you were to give advice to a learner, a language learner, 
what advice would you give? Mainly just reading or would you give other advice? Well, I, I think that uh, every learner is different. Uh, I think it's first of all, you have to be comfortable with, you know, where you are first. But uh, it is very important to 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 read and also to practice because, uh, yeah, as you know, as the science says, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it is really important to use it, even though you might not know at first is the lack of confidence or sometimes the fear that, oh, am I saying it wrong? Yeah, but it is very important to to practice, always practice, I think. Absolutely, I think so. Practice makes perfect. So practice, practice, practice. I love how Anton always counts and spells in Swedish. If you're bilingual or multilingual, do you notice if you automatically count or spell in one language? Maybe a good tip for English practice might be to make sure you always count the numbers and spell all the words in English. Maybe in your head, maybe out loud. Then you're always using English. So this episode's pronunciation tip is an abbreviations tip. As Anton and I discussed, some people say ASAP and some people say as soon as possible. ASAP is an abbreviation. Some abbreviations are just the letters of the words like DR for doctor or FAQs for frequently asked questions. Or abbreviations are a shortened version of a word like approx instead of approximately or ink instead of including. Other abbreviations actually make another word with the letters and these are called acronyms. A good example of an acronym is NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. ASAP can also be seen or heard as an acronym, as some people say ASAP, so be quick if you hear that. So here are three more very common abbreviations we say and write in English for you to practice. First, the abbreviation RSVP, which we use in English to mean please respond, usually to an invitation. But it's actually French for répondez s'il vous plaît. Try this sentence. We need everyone to RSVP by Friday. Next, the abbreviation FYI, which stands for For Your Information. Try this sentence. I'll see you on Monday. FYI, the meeting starts at 9am, not 10am. Finally, the abbreviation ETA, which stands for Estimated Time of Arrival. Try this sentence. We're driving to your house now. Our ETA is 7pm. So, to recap, abbreviations and acronyms are the letters or shortened versions of a word or phrase. The main difference is that acronyms sound like a word. They may not always be the best thing to use when speaking or writing, so make sure you think about who is listening and who is reading your work. Over to you to practice. So there we are. The transcript of this episode is available to read on the podcast's webpage, so take a look. 
Join me next time for more pronunciation and grammar tips, more advice, and most importantly, more chatting. My thanks again to Anton, and for her music, a huge thanks to the wonderful Mara Carlyle. Bye for now. Thank you.